This episode of the Astro Powder Podcast is brought to you by Gamma. Gamma's Optistar all-in-one control unit leads the industry with a design fusing electrostatics and powder feed in one compact device. By combining the powder injector and control unit functionality into one device, you get the highest coating efficiency, fastest response times of powder output, and excellent cleaning performance. For more information, call 877-437-6771. Once again, that's 877-437-6771. And be sure to mention, Ask Joe sent me. Configure it, feed it, optimize it, integrate it. Complete it with Gamma. Hello, all you powder coating fans, and welcome to episode 46 of the Astro Powder Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Powder, a.k.a. Kevin Biller, and with me, as always, is my esteemed colleague, sidekick, and the St. Nicholas of Columbus, who's giving toys to all the little girls and boys. Hope you've been a good girl or boy. I'm going to cut that. (laughs) He's ChemQuest's powder coating research formulator, dude. You're a mean one, Mr. Powder. <laughs> We're broadcasting from the ChemQuest Powder Coating Research Studios in Columbus, Ohio. The purpose of the Astro Powder Podcast is to bring the latest news and technical know-how to the global powder coating community. So let's get it rolling. But before we do... Shout out. I'd like to give a hearty shout out to Rod Graham. I'm say a few words about good friend and colleague, Rod Graham. He's had an illustrious career in powder coating spanning a few decades. For the last 20 years or so, Rod has been the general manager of Prism Powder Coatings operations and their business in Brunswick, Ohio, which is just outside of Cleveland. Rod is one smart cookie when it comes to powder coating technology. Not only does he understand production and processing technology, but he has a keen sense of formulation and also the influence it has on application performance. Rod's always had a great influence on the operations and the people at PRISM's location in Brunswick. Most importantly, he conducts his business and decision-making with kindness, equanimity, and wisdom. So here's a shout-out to our friend and colleague, Rod Graham. Next, it's our Guess What segment. Guess what? Okay, powder coating fans, this is a special holiday and end-of-year edition of the Astro Powder Podcast. This time we'll be providing you with a recap of some of the interesting and important events that occurred this past year, 2022. If we peer into the recent past, this year can be looked upon as a transitional year with uh, vaccines fully available to 
combat the pandemic, and with supply chain woes fading, powder coating companies regrouped by stepping on the gas with a number of interesting and important technical advancements, and also some major investments in expansion. So let's review what transpired. All right, I think um, if we're talking about technology and new advancements, I think a big focus this year was on low-temperature powder coating technology. Axon Nobel, they debuted Interpon W, which is product group specially formulated for application to heat-sensitive substrates. I think the W is probably for wood because that whole class of wood and wood-based composites are in engineered boards. It's kind of a popular use for low-temperature powder coatings, but it can also be used for various plastics. And I think in Dutch, the W stands for wood. <laughs> Possibility. But they they have thermoset as well as UV curable technologies, and I think a lot of that came from their acquisition of Stahl last year, a couple of years ago. Yeah, it, was, it was probably about 18 months ago, somewhere thereabouts. Yeah, for sure. And you look at some of the other developments in the supply chain uh, for powder coating technology, and our friends at Allnex Resins have been supporting low-temperature cure powder coating development with their ultra-low-temperature cure, as they call them, polyester resins. These include their UvaCoat product line, which obviously is for UV curable powder coatings, and they also have some Krill Coat polyester resins for thermoset-type uh, formulations. And these uh, products, depending on how they're formulated, are designed to cure temperatures ranging from mm, somewhere just below 100 degrees Celsius upwards to 135 degrees Celsius uh, with fairly short residence time uh, at those temperatures. All right, another big growth area for powder coating producers this year was um, electric vehicles. We've talked about it a few times on the show, but there's so many pieces and parts and the electric components underneath those things that needed coatings that have good performance. They need to be insulative uh, electrically and thermally and also deal with all the requirements of an automotive coating, corrosion resistance, etc. Yeah, you know, it, you know, we've 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 seen uh commercial activity and and product promotion by some of the bigger powder manufacturers. This would include uh companies like uh Exalta, Axonobel, PPG, and, and IFS um in in North America. So, yeah, I think uh the powder coating industry has jumped on board for providing um, coatings that are, are meeting these exacting requirements. In addition, you know, we we usually talk about thermoset powder chemistry, but Arkema uh, has been uh, working in the thermoplastic powder coating arena, and they introduced a product, a product family based on polyamide or nylon chemistry, which is designed specifically for the EV 
um, electric drivetrain um, applications. So interesting stuff. It's a really high um, growth area for powder coatings. Probably one of the biggest and lots lots to look forward to in 2023. Another area of development, this one came from Exalta. They're kind of at the forefront of corrosion-resistant powder technology. They have a line of Alesta uh, zinc-free powder coatings, and they basically get the corrosion resistance that people expect from a zinc-rich um, formulation, but it's by using the chemistry in the backbone of the actual binder. You know, this one's interesting, Nate, because, um, you know, from my experience with, you know, corrosion-resistant powder coating technology, I think there's been this uh, historic kind of expectation that was borrowed from liquid paint technology where uh, some people got it into their head that zinc-rich coating technology um, was going to have an advantage for corrosion resistance as a coating, and they felt, well, if it works in liquid paint technology, Mm -hmm. uh, then we have to have it in powder. And I think what people have found, and and myself included, is to get superior corrosion resistance in a powder coating, you don't need zinc-rich. Maybe you've heard it first here. I'm sure other people have stated (laughs) it. But if you formulate a high-performance powder coating um, with all the good stuff in it and no weak links in, in the formulation. Um, and like you mentioned, the, the, the cross-linking and the binder system, if you do that properly, it outperforms anything that has zinc in a powder coating. And if you dig a little deeper, what you'll find is powder coatings provide a barrier, an impermeable barrier to the substrate, they don't rely on electrochemical type uh, reaction, sacrificial reaction, uh, like zinc is used in liquid coatings. So this is kind of cool stuff. I think we're going to hear more and more about zinc-free or zero-zinc type corrosion-resistant powder coatings in the future. Yeah, that makes sense. People have a history with zinc, and so they specify it they use it on their projects but it's it's a really annoying material to use it's heavy high sg it gets lousy coverage and it's difficult to spray so it if you can replace it with something without zinc it just makes sense yeah much more practical solution come back zinc come back zinc zinc what? Oh, it was all a dream. Thank goodness I still live in a world of telephones, car batteries, handguns, and many things made of zinc. Uh, another note from Exalta, you were talking about thermoplastic powder coatings. They came out with a uh, technology for flame spray applications, which... That's always an interesting topic because we're talking about being able to coat large structures or items in the field. Imagine a large 
steel structure, you spray it with powder, you you just melt and fuse the um, the thermoplastic stuff with a certain kind of a flame spreader and give yourself a nice coating. Yeah, and you know, that's real interesting stuff. And, you know, I, what I can envision, Nate, um, based on what I've, you know, hearing from Exalta, you know, envision something like uh, uh, towers that are, are built for power lines. And, you know, they're, they're exposed to whatever the environment has, which can be anything from, you know, the desert to rainy to uh, seasonal or continental type changes in seasons to marine environments. And what Exalt is promoting is this material called Absite. Um, that's our trade name. It's a single coat, field applied, and they're recommending flame spray, like you mentioned. And they're saying it gets good adhesion and it's got extremely good um, impermeable. It, it provides an impermeable layer uh, to resist, you know, corrosion and, and the environmental effects of, uh, you know, demanding environments. could be interesting. Um, the whole concept of flame spray, we'll see how that goes. I know people have tried it in the past right. and, you know, it's been a, Maybe works, doesn't, maybe doesn't work. It's hard to control. I expect to see some development in the application side of it as well. Right. It's the equipment, at least people were developing this stuff a few years ago, was uh, fairly crude. And I think that people question the safety of having open flames and fine particles. Uh, <laughs> In the same, uh, in the same kind of area, so I, I think um, we'll see what they have in store for the future. We'll see where it goes. And then this one we just covered on our last episode, but this is kind of a big deal. The EU Court of Justice uh, dropped the classification of titanium dioxide containing particles. As a carcinogen. Yeah, and apparently the commission realized there was just a manifest error in assessing the reliability of the study in which the classification was based. It's It was big news when it came out as a suspected or a known carcinogen, which was in 2019, but it's just as big or bigger news that when they finally realized the mistake in their ways. One, it's important to consider that there's a difference between saying a particle of titanium dioxide is a carcinogen and saying a particle that contains 1% titanium dioxide somewhere in it would be classified the same way, which that doesn't make any sense. What's encapsulated in a powder coating or any other sort of a fine powder, it's not actually available to the human or the skin like um yeah if it was just it's in bio, its raw form not bioavailable the other thing is they really didn't have data to back it so you know the um, thorough review of the toxicological studies uh didn't produce it as a as a carcinogen so that's good news for the industry all right folks it's Time now for a word from our sponsors. 
Synchronized monitoring and control of your entire automated process is the core of Gamma's Magic Control 4.0 data management systems. With options like line management, offering deeper insight into productivity and consumption. Or energy management, allowing you to monitor and save both energy and air consumption. Or batch management, offering tracking of powder used to coat production batches. Gamma provides the very best in technology and connectivity for smarter factory automation. To learn more about Gamma's Magic Control 4.0 data management systems, visit completeitwithgamma.com. Connect it, control it, track it, synchronize it. Complete it with Gamma. The Powder Coating Research Group is now part of the ChemQuest Group, proud sponsor of the Ask Joe Powder podcast. ChemQuest Powder Coating Research is the only independent laboratory dedicated to powder coating technology. We do everything from evaluating raw materials, formulating the next generation of coating, developing new products, consulting, testing, troubleshooting, and training. Our parent company, ChemQuest, provides expert business strategy and advisory services in all aspects of the specialty chemicals value chain, including expertise in both liquid and powder coating. To find out more, visit our website at powdercoatingresearch.com or ChemQuest's website at www.chemquest.com. You can email Kevin Biller at kbiller at chemquest.com. Thanks for listening to the Astro Powder Podcast. The ChemQuest Group is the parent company of CQPCR and provides strategic consulting to companies throughout the specialty chemicals value chain, including advisory services on business strategy, market research, mergers, acquisitions, or divestitures, manufacturing excellence, and formulation, application development, and benchmarking for liquid coatings and adhesives through our sister facility, the ChemQuest Technology Institute. Please contact Edie Fox Abrams, Vice President of Business Development at info at chemquest.com. All right, we're back. And one of the big trends that we saw in 2022 and probably will continue to see is the expansion and acquisition and construction of new facilities from really the major paint companies. Uh, the last few years, the biggest companies have been kind of just gobbling up all the smaller ones. Well, at the same time, uh, building new facilities and expanding all over the place. Yeah, and you know that I, I wrote about this a few years ago uh, when mergers and acquisitions were really going strong. Um, like I learned a new word; it was oligopoly, mm -hmm. and it was like, okay, things are controlled by a small group of companies, and I think it's um, getting more and more so. Earlier this year. PPG bought Arsenisi, a market-leading powder coating company located in Verbania, which is located kind of in the northwest part of Italy. Um, it's right there by the what I would call the Finger Lakes. Um, it's on Lake Maggiore. Um, but anyway, they bought this powder company, which uh, very well uh, regarded uh, with small and large batch capability. And then uh, not long after that, also in northern Italy, in Milan, 
They built a new R&D center specializing in low-temperature cure powder coating, which um, probably had something to do with their acquisition a couple of years earlier of alpha coatings mm-hmm. in the Chicago area. Their expansion quest continued with an, a, an investment of $10 million U.S. dollars uh, in extra capacity in their Sao Paulo Brazilian works, uh, powder coating works. And then uh, a few months later, they invested another, uh, well, this was $11 million to expand production capacity in uh, their San Juan del Rio plant in Mexico. Yeah, and Axon Obel was up to the same kind of stuff. They invested 10 million euro into a global research and development center at their Slough site west of London. Later in the year, Axon Nobel powder coatings unveiled new capabilities for bonded metallic powder coatings in North Africa, Egypt, I believe. Yeah. The new production capability will enable Axon Nobel powder coatings to locally produce and deliver bonded metallic powder coatings to customers in North Africa. I think that's kind of cool. And, and I think we, we mentioned this, uh, when this was first reported, but it's going to be able to service, you know, parts of the, the Middle East and certainly parts of the growing, um, uh, industrial development in, uh, North Africa and, and I'm sure parts of East Africa. So that's great news. Back to Cleveland, Sherwin-Williams broke ground with construction of a 600,000-square-foot research and development center outside Cleveland. And that's actually alongside their new headquarters they're building, which is even bigger. The new R&D center will support product development, coatings research, color technology, and process engineering. Uh, and, you know, I'm a, I'm a Cleveland boy. I grew up there. And this is really great news not only for Sherwin-Williams, but for the, the Cleveland area in particular. It's nice seeing investment in a, you know, an old kind of industrial city like Cleveland. They're really big there. I remember um, we were up there recently for a coatings-related event, and someone pointed out that the bridge we were under was Sherwin-Williams blue. Now I can't unsee it. Yeah, good for them. And it's good that they're, uh, they're investing you know, in their, their hometown. So good job, Sherwin Williams, and it'll be interesting to see how much powder coating research gets done there. Because I know they haven't done it from a corporate standpoint; it's always been a at a powder facility in the past. Right, and Protec Powder Coatings, guys out of Canada, initiated an expansion in their Upava, Czech Republic plant. This plant produces thermoset powders for Europe, Middle East, and Asian markets. Yeah, Protec's an interesting company. And, and if if you look at the past 30 or so years, I, I, I've lost count, but I, I know that they've acquired, you know, more than 20, probably 25 or 30 smaller coatings companies, mostly powder coating companies, mm-hmm. but also some liquid coating uh, companies. So it's... Kind of cool, kind of interesting. Uh, they're kind of unique organization. It's a family-owned and, and operated uh, company. So fascinating stuff. Okay. And then right, CWS, which is a powder coating liquid coating producer as well as synthetic resins with more than 150 years of tradition out of Germany. They were acquired by Consi Helios. 
recently. Yeah, and you know it's interesting because CWS, you know, it's been a family-owned and run company um, <laughs> for over a century, um, obviously. And uh, you know, they got to the point where it was time to move on. I think the family said, "Okay, maybe they didn't have a heir apparent, you know, for the next generation mm. or two. It happens. But um, CWS, I don't know if they're they're, uh, they're not exactly a um, household name in North America, but in Germany, they're one of the top five, maybe top three powder producers uh, with a really, really good reputation. And not only do they have a large operation in Germany, their headquarters, but also in the United States, Denmark, and Poland. And strategically, I could see how this fits really well with uh, Kansai Helios um, for their long-term strategy to be leaders in powder coatings. So really kind of cool stuff. Um, you know, kind of looking back at the year, Nate, it was a really good year for advancements in technology. I'm kind of excited the way people have, you know, put some investment not only in, you know, production and everything else, but also in advancing technology, but also bring it to market, which really is going to change things. Well, I think the headline this year is that it seems like things are returning back to normal. Um, the last couple of years, everything that we we're reporting on was, um, you know, the company is reporting really bad <laughs> uh, quarters, this and that. Research and development slowed down. The supply chain it was impossible to get raw materials for a while, but I think we're finally seeing things are just kind of back to normal. Yeah, the pandemic and the, and the supply chain mess, which was exacerbated by a number of different factors. Hey, oh, stuck. It was it was all about why things were not going well, it mm -hmm. was, and and when is it going to end? Twenty twenty two, on the other hand, it was a pretty calm year. People, you know, kind of got into the groove, and I think there was that pent up demand to make things happen, and they did happen. Um, that being said, it's like you know, hold on for dear life because headwinds are forecast for twenty twenty three. Uh, you know, the smart money is talking about a recession, and the analysts are saying, well, how big is that recession going to be? How deep is the economic trough, uh, and how long is it going to last? Um, personally, yeah, I, I think I can see, you know, we're going to have a slowdown at some point probably in first maybe going into second quarter. I I expect things are going to rebound quickly. Uh, maybe it's because I'm an optimist, but I, I really do expect um, 2023 is not going to be as bad as some people are saying. But, you know, we'll keep our fingers crossed and hope for better than expected economic conditions, and, and we'll see what happens. Well, I'm not going to pretend to know how to predict those sort of things. Now, the... the uh, economists are really good at looking backwards and explaining why things happen. They're they're just, they're guessing when it comes to uh, predictions for the future. But the other thing that happened in 2022 is in-person events are back, so you can actually go to trade shows and conferences, see everybody, network, and 
all that sort of stuff, which was really tough. A couple, you know, a good year and a half there where there were no in-person events. Yeah, that sure was, uh, that sure was, uh, enjoyable, um, over the past year. And hopefully we'll enjoy that, uh, going forward. All right. So let's talk a little bit about upcoming events. Hey, friends, where are we going? To an upcoming event. Um, February 12th through 17th, 2023 is the International Waterborne High Solids and Powder Coating Symposium, which is in New Orleans. It's actually in the French Quarter. It's a really cool place to hang out for for you know better part of a week. And uh, it's kind of a little more academic-based, definitely a lot more scientific-based than uh, some other you know, shows slash conferences. This one's more of a conference. They do have exhibits, but they're tabletops. But if you're looking for new stuff, and if you're also interested in what's going on on the liquid side, it might be might be good for people to stop by. Yeah, but if you happen to be on the other side of the world at the time, the Saudi Arabia coding show is taking place the 13th through the 15th of February, 2023. That's in Dammam, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, you know, I think this is a new show, and I think it's by DMG Events, but it's, I think it's an outgrowth of the Middle East coding show, um, and it probably is going to be pretty interesting. All right, and then the big one, March 27th through 30th, is the European coding show and conference. That's at Nuremberg in Germany, and people that are in the industry would know that the European coding show in Germany and the American coding show in Indianapolis alternate years. So odd years, the European coding show happens, even years, the American coding show happens. And those are two of the real big ones for um, raw material suppliers, especially. And, and formulators. I mean, formulators are more the audience. Right. Yeah. And then in uh, June, the 26th and 27th, in Cleveland, Cleveland's in the news, um, Coatings Tech Conference, which is also put on by, um, well, it's the American Coatings Association in conjunction with the Vincent Verlag um, organizers. They put on a, a technical conference, Coatings Tech Conference, and it's going to be held at the Hyatt Regency at the Arcade in downtown Cleveland. And I'm familiar with this place. I've stayed there before. It's a really cool historic building um and it's just cool just to be there and arcade i'll be playing pinball uh, absolutely and about two blocks three blocks away you have the rock and roll hall of fame my friends and that's that's got to be a place to stop if you haven't been there before okay if you'd like to uh experience the estro powder column uh question and answer column in print and I use the term print kind of loosely here because more and more of the trade journals and magazines have opted to go digital only. Not all of them have, but it's a trend for sure. But PPCJ, which is Polymer's Paint Color Journal, uh, and their sister publication, APCJ, Asian Pacific Coatings Journal. The Joe Powder column also appears in PCI Magazine, which is Paint and Coatings Industry. You can find it on their website. Um, it's also published by our good friends in Italy, um, IPCM, International Paint and Coatings Magazine. Um, 
wonderful people there and an excellent publication. Um, you can go to powdercoating.org and look for the tab under publications for powder-coated tough um, past issues, and you find a lot of Astro powders in that. And debuting for 2023, there is um, Ask the Expert, which is going to be uh, published in Products Finishing, both on their uh, website and their print version of Products Finishing. Uh, that's a Gardner publication. And that, that'll be by Kevin Biller, and it won't be this Joe Powder character. <laughs> All right, and you can find us online at askjoepowder.com. Uh, if you want to be notified as soon as an episode comes out, I know that it could be a little unpredictable on our schedule, but you can just subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We're on every single one of the listings, so that's easy. Uh, follow us on Twitter at a.k.a. Joe Powder. We have a YouTube channel where we not only post the podcasts, but also um, occasionally we'll, we'll post other videos. Uh, we'd, we'd like to put some more uh, kind of educational content on there in the future, so subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you'd like to ask a question, the email address is askjoepowder at yahoo.com, or you can call and leave a message at country code one. 478 to ask Joe. It's 1-478-227-5563. This has been a production of ChemQuest Powder Coating Research. Original music, editing, and stingers are done by Nick Page. And I wouldn't touch you with a 39-and-a-half-foot pole. And don't forget to keep your powder dry, my friends. Thank you for listening to the Astro Powder Podcast. This episode was brought to you by GAMA. Color changes have never been so easy and fast. GAMA's Optiflex Pro Q unit provides the fastest color change for a manual powder gun in the industry at 35 seconds. This can be as much as an 80% reduction in your typical changing process. PowerClean technology, built into our Optiflex Pro Q unit, efficiently cleans the entire powder path from injector to gun tip so you're ready for quick color changes without any manual adjustments. To speak with a representative or schedule a demonstration, call 877-437-6771. That's 877-437-6771. And be sure to mention, Ask Joe sent me. Bring it, boost it, change it, finish it. Now is the time to complete it with GAMA. Have you ever actually seen Christmas caroling in real life? Like, it's always in the damn movies and, like, Hallmark TV shows. But the people that go door-to-door and go a-wassling. I I did it as a lad. Did you? did it as a young lad. Because I've never seen it. It was hilarious. If anyone wants to learn more about zinc, they're welcome to stay. We can talk about anything. I'll do your homework for you.